The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Happy Thanksgiving, uh, it is the day before Thanksgiving in the United States. It's a day where family comes together and we eat good food and, you know, hopefully have good experiences with our families and friends. So I just wanted to make sure that before we start, I give it, I just actually say happy Thanksgiving and I hope everyone eats to their heart's desire that you're able to be with the people that love and support you. And if that's not your current experience, hopefully this show and shows like it can help you create that type of experience. Again, my name is Galen McDowell. I'm the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. Uh, before I start, I just want to just acknowledge um, a fellow comrade who is um, uh moved on out of the body, made her transition. And, uh, that person is the Reverend Della Reese. Um, most people know that Reverend, uh, that Della Reese, the entertainer was an actor, singer, and, you know, famous for many TV and movie roles and music throughout the years. Um, I knew, uh, Reverend Reese as uh, a minister for the Universal Foundation for Better Living. And she was actually the founder and senior minister of the Understanding Principles for Better Living Church, where now her successor, Reverend Sherry James, leads. And I just wanted to just acknowledge that she was a powerful and is a powerful spiritual being, uh, uh, would, would work all day on a TV show, I mean, all week on a TV show, fly in on Saturday preach on Sunday, run her church while she was a TV star on Touched by an Angel in another state and come in and make sure that she would preach every Sunday and fly out on Sunday night and again and run a church through many ways of doing that while having to maintain a full TV schedule. Much respect. Um, and job well done. You help develop and train wonderful and powerful people. And I just want to make sure that I just stop and acknowledge someone that was ordained by the same person I was ordained by, the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman, who she lovingly called Buddy. So today is the third um, episode or podcast for The Mental Equivalent. Uh, the Mental Equivalent series that I'm currently teaching is based upon the Unity Classic booklet, the Mental Equivalent by Emmett Fox. My request has been, and still is, that everyone who actually um, follows along with this series order the booklet, The Mental Equivalent. Again, it's only a couple of dollars. You can get it from Unity, I'm sure from Unity's website. There are book versions on it on Amazon.com. I'm sure there are versions floating around, probably bootleg versions online somewhere. Uh my point is I'm not going to read every sentence. I'm going to try to obviously point out the things that I think need to be pointed out, the principles that I think or points that I think are add value to what I'm trying to present as this concept called the mental equivalent. And he's not the only person that's ever written on it. But the reason why I chose 
this book, one besides the fact that it's actually called the mental equivalent, is that uh, he writes so simply that you can't miss it. So I'm going to start on page 21. And this is called Building a New Mental Equivalent. Now, if you remember, the first week I talked about what a mental equivalent was. Last week we talked about universal polarity. And this week is Building a New Mental Equivalent. And he starts off by saying, I love this. It is your duty to demonstrate. And in order to do so successfully, you need to know why you should do so. Why should you demonstrate at all? Some people say, since God is all and everything is perfect, why should I seek to demonstrate divine law? Because you have to prove the harmony of being in your own life. That is why. If there is no need to demonstrate, one might just as well go to bed and stay there or more simply still go to the nearest undertaker. So he, he's saying that the demonst- he's using this in the context of demonstrate the goodness of God. Let me just be clear because he says later that we always demonstrate. And I believe that we're always demonstrating. So let me at this point utilize my preferred statement or term desired demonstration. So it's when you're seeking to demonstrate the goodness of God in your life, whatever that looks like for you, that's a desired demonstration. So he's saying that if God is everything, why do I have to seek to demonstrate? Why do I have to build mental equivalence? Why do I have to pray? Why do I have to affirm? He's saying because you have to prove the harmony of being in your own life. That's why. Your individualized expression of God. Therefore, you are responsible for bringing the harmony of God, the kingdom of God, into your experience. He goes on to say, Page 21, we are here on earth to express God, and true expression is what we call demonstration because it demonstrates the law of being. It is your duty to be healthy, prosperous, and free. I'm going to read that again. It is your duty to to be healthy, prosperous, and free. So we say it is God's will that every individual on the face of this earth should live a healthy, happy, and prosperous life. That's the first statement of faith or what we believe in the universal foundation for better living. We're saying it's a duty. Now, God's will and you having it are two totally different things because you are a free agent. However, if Fox says it's your duty to live a healthy, happy, and prosperous life or to be healthy, prosperous, and free. He goes on to say, it is your duty to express God to the utmost of your power, and you have no right to relinquish your efforts until you have accomplished. At a prayer breakfast, where I had a great, wonderful time, I was teaching this lesson called From Setbacks to Comebacks, and uh, I mentioned to the ministers and leaders, religious leaders, that People shouldn't listen to us if we're not demonstrating anything that we teach. If I'm telling you I can be a better person, I can be more peaceful through practicing these principles, am I more peaceful? If I tell you by following these teachings you will be more loving, am I more loving? If by practicing these principles I can demonstrate better health, better uh, prosperity, etc. So am I better off than I was before I start practicing this? These are things you have to ask. It makes no sense to say to people who we say are quote unquote lost in their own error consciousness, follow me as I follow God, and I don't have any demonstrations to back it up. That's what made, you know, Jesus so powerful. His he could back up what he said. And not just him, but just go throughout the years of talking about people who who have dedicated their lives to living what they believe. Living what they believe. That matters. I'm not always saying that it's easy. It's not always easy to get along with people who are disagreeable. To see the abundance of God in the midst of more month than money. To see the health of God in the midst of the hospital experience or dis-ease in the body. What I am saying is that 
metaphysical thinkers, metaphysical Christians, new thought practitioners. To whom much is given in knowledge, awareness, and spirituality, and I don't mean spirituality in the sense of innate wholeness, but I'm talking about in the way you think. To whom much is given, much is required. It is time to live the teaching at a higher level. You know, it I don't want to say it pains me because that wouldn't be accurate. It disturbs me when I hear people saying things like Christians are some of the meanest people I've ever met because that's totally inconsistent with the teachings of Jesus. But I can't just automatically dismiss people's experiences when they've bumped into quote-unquote church people and the church people people are sloppier than the people who never hear sermons, who don't never read spiritual literature, who aren't trying to practice the teachings of Jesus. My question is, are we really practicing? Anyway, moving right along. It's your duty to express. It's your duty. It's your duty as long as there's breath in your body and whatever the duty looks like on the other side of the fence is still your duty to grow and evolve in consciousness. Because there's no such thing as completely making it. It's just a new stage of growth. It's just like saying, I'm complete with the third grade. Reverend Coleman used to say, life is a school and you don't get to grow or go to the next class until you complete the class you're in. So whatever stage of growth that you're in right now, master that level, and then you get to go to the next level. It's like a a, a, a martial art test. You go into the karate class and you have a white belt. Then they teach you how to punch. They teach you how to kick. They teach you how to block. They teach you how to stand, the different stances. Then they teach you how to put a few of those things together. Now you can test and then they test your stamina. Now you can test for the yellow belt. Then they have some other things, some forms, some other techniques you have to learn. Stamina has to increase. Strength, speed, coordination, flexibility. Then you, you know, depending on the system, then you go from that to a blue or a green and, you know, brown and, you know, and different variations of black. Black, first degree, second degree, third degree, whatever. It each has its own level of mastery. Well, when you're dealing with life... And talking about building a mental equivalent, you have to realize that you have to master where you are now. Okay, do I have the mental equivalent to handle what's in front of me now? Now, why do you, why do I know that that's what you should be mastering? Why do I know that what's in, in your life currently is what you should be mastering? The reason is that's what's in your life right now. If it's in your life, it's there for you to master it so you can go to the next stage of growth, the next stage of evolution. So if you can't manage $50,000 a year, how are you going to manage $50 million? You say, well, if I had $50 million, I wouldn't have no problem managing it. Really? Say that, tell that to the people who win the lottery and lose more than 50% of people who cash out lose everything within seven to 10 years. It's the consciousness, it's the thinking, it's the awareness. You have to get that right. Can you manage what you say you have? That's a mental equivalent. We talk about building a new mental equivalent. It's important. I I, I never forget, um, we're talking about building a new mental equivalent. I was watching an interview with Shaquille O'Neal, and I'm going to get back to the book for those who were like, come on, man, read the book. But this is relevant. Shaquille O'Neal was one of the, you know, most anticipated. The moment he got drafted and then he signed his first NBA contract, he spent $1 million in one hour. The moment the pen 
was in his lifted from that paper where he put his signature on that NBA contract, he spent one million dollars. Now he had some shoe deals and other things. But he's like, I got my contract now. I got my shoe deal now. I'm just gonna spend money. And he said his agent called him and went off, totally off. And the reason why he went off was because he understood that it doesn't make a difference if you have a 60, 70, 80 million dollar contract, which is really not 80 million when you, you know, take out the taxes. If you're spending one million dollars in an hour, you won't have it long. He was teaching Shaq that you have to have a mental equivalent for the good you desire. In other words, rich people don't spend impulsively like you just did. If you want to be rich long term, let me show you how you need to think about money. And it shifted how Shaq thought about money. Just a thought. Moving on. Back to the book. Page 22, it states, Jesus has told us that we always demonstrate our consciousness. And unity teaches the same truth today. You always demonstrate what you habitually have in your mind. Now, notice the key word is habitually. You always demonstrate what you habitually have in your mind. Now, he did not say your conscious mind. He said in your mind. Because there are many habitual thoughts we have that are subconscious. And they're wrapped around feelings. Sometimes we have the feeling and we don't even know why. Because the thought isn't clear. Because it's so subconscious. So Emmett Fox asked the question, what sort of mind have you? He says, I'm not going to tell you and do not let anyone else tell you. But he did say, so you do not have to ask about your mentality, but examine your conditions and see what you are demonstrating. This method is scientific and infallible. Now, this is where responsibility comes into play. When you start to look around and say, okay, you write out the different areas of your life, health, peace of mind, wisdom, spiritual growth, prayer life, uh, intimate relationship, whether you're married or in a committed relationship, uh, or whatever your dating life looks like intimate relationship intimate relationships look like family friends etc and start to investigate your thoughts around those things and why you think them what do you think about that situation what do you feel about it what do you believe why are you doing this because you're trying to get a handle on what are your mental equivalents around this situation. In other words, if I'm looking consistently at the broke pocket, what mental equivalent is happening there? What am I not realizing about God as supply? What inner potential is being stymied? What prospering ideas are being stymied because I have a mental equivalent of a certain level of prosperity or money? So you might have dreams and goals that are not necessarily consistent with your mental equivalent because, say, for instance, if your dreams and goals would bring you a certain amount of wealth, but your mental equivalent is only functions at a certain level that's much lower than what those dreams and goals would produce, then what will end up happening is your mental equivalent will stop you from taking the actions necessary to produce the, the dream, the goal, because that would shift your self-image or your sense of who you are when it comes to that particular thing. Just a thought. Just a thought. So start to write down and investigate what you think about things and why. 
And more importantly, what type of mental equivalent would produce this dif- this type of result? And then what type of mental equivalent would produce the result that I desire? The result that I desire. So I'm looking at the clock. It is time for our first break. So let's take this first break and I'll be right back with Truth Transforms. As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach to the world, we count on the support of listeners like you. Please make your donation today. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. If you've ever wondered how a specific Bible verse might be interpreted metaphysically, then Interpret This is for you. In Interpret This, Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley answers your questions about the Bible and how to apply its verses to your life with passion, depth, and spiritual insight. To submit a question or to enjoy any of his numerous metaphysical interpretations, visit unity.org and click on the Interpret This box. Did you know you can reach Unity's 24-7 prayer ministry online? You don't even have to give your name to know the prayers have begun for you or those you love. Someone has been praying around the clock at Silent Unity since 1890, and every request is taken into prayer for 30 days. Why not let us pray with you, too? To submit your prayer request to Silent Unity online, go to unity.org and click on prayer, or call 1-800-NOW-PRAY. available, you pray, the free prayer app from Silent Unity. For more than a century, people from all over the world and all walks of life have turned to Silent Unity. With you pray, our confidential prayer support is easy and convenient to access. With you pray, you can send your prayer directly to Silent Unity. You pray also includes affirmations you can share with family and friends plus audio meditations for your prayer time. For more about the free you pray app and links to download, Visit silentunity.org slash app. That's silentunity.org slash app. sure to grab the latest issue of Unity Magazine and read the interview with Ram Das, the iconic spiritual leader of the 60s. He's now focused on how to age consciously. Spiritual author Thomas More reflects on grumpy old men and women. And Barbara Bowen writes a touching story about her experience as a caregiver to her mother with dementia. To subscribe to Unity Magazine, go to unity.org and click on Publications. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Teaching the mental equivalent, I'm on page 23. Before we go into the booklet, let me remind you that this show, along with all the other shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your donations. So as you freely receive, freely give, go to unity.fm. Click on the donate or giving button and help support this online ministry that it is helping transform the world because you don't know how far these podcasts travel. I've had people reach out to me, just personally me, not the other shows in, in South America, Central America, the Caribbean, Mexico, Canada, obviously all over the United States, uh, Europe, um, many countries in Africa. Many countries, uh, people who don't have any access to a new thought church or a new thought minister. These folks are literally thirsty for this teaching. So let's make sure that we keep this going. We need you to be, quote unquote, God with skin on and help share of your treasure to allow other people to be blessed with this message just like you're being blessed by it. All right. 
Page 23. He goes on to say, you demonstrate the state of your mind at any given time. You experience in the outer what you really think in the inner. This is the meaning of the old saying, as within, so without. Note carefully that in the Bible, the word within always means thought. And the word without means manifestation or experience. This is why Jesus said that the kingdom of heaven, health, harmony, and freedom is within. Harmonious thought means harmonious experience. Fear thought or anger thought means suffering or frustration. So let's unwrap that. So again, he's teaching that we always are demonstrating our intermental states. Now, some mental states have more feelings attached to them, more story attached to them, etc. So we have different states of consciousness based upon the different things that we have in our lives. So in some areas of our lives, we are very strong. We have very strong, powerful uh, belief systems around a certain thing. This is why you can see some people who can be highly successful and make all the money in the world, but they can't seem to get that relationship thing right. You know, uh, you, uh, you know, they have success, they have fame, they have money, they have prestige, they have respect and can't get the relationship right. There are people who have the best human relationships a person could ever have and don't know how to make money or succeed in a career or field if it was given to them on a silver platter. There's some people who, uh, you know, again, can, you know, maintain divine health. They can pray with other people and make crazy level demonstrations. When I say crazy, I mean big, big demonstrations of truth, but can't demonstrate it for themselves in a way because their belief is being a channel for someone else does not necessarily mean that that belief is, uh, is, is something that happens in their own lives. I know that this is a conversation amongst ministers, that it's easier to teach it than it is to live it. So many ministers are open channels to giving, but not necessarily open channels to receiving. So they'll give, 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 but they have a mental equivalent about receiving that which they give or or receiving from sharing their spiritual gift. So they have a problem receiving. So they give abundantly, but receive scarcely. You have to investigate what that looks like and why. Why do you have a mental equivalent? Because of 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 scarcity, scarcity or the inability to receive. This is why Reverend Ike would say God doesn't choose the Rolls Royce or the. I think he would say I'm trying to remember the, the car you you go or whatever. I would just say that you know I don't know if he said you go, but that was an old, really inexpensive car. God is not choosing which car. You choose. What can you accept? Again, you can go to the ocean with a thimble, with a cup, with a bucket, or a pipeline. The ocean doesn't care. And God as substance doesn't care if you go with the expectation of a thimble, the expectation of a cup, the expectation of a bucket, or the expectation of a pipeline. It's your mental equivalent. Back to the book. So he says, this brings me to the most important thing I want to say, namely that if you want to change your life, if you want to be healthier, happier, younger, and more prosperous, and above all, if you want to get nearer to God, and I know that you do, you must change your thought and keep it changed. This is the secret to controlling your life. There is no other way. Even Jesus could not have done it any other way because this is cosmic law. Change your thought and keep it changed. Change your thought and keep it changed. See, some people can change their thought, but they can't keep it changed because they haven't learned the condition of doing that, which is what we're going to talk about shortly. How do you change your thought and keep it changed? That's important. Now, he he already mentioned it earlier, but I'm going to bring you back to it later. Change your thought. And keep it changed. So 
Some people change their thoughts. Say, for instance, I want to be healthier. I'm going to go work out and I'm going to eat right. And they can maintain that for a, a, a day, three days, seven days, four weeks, seven weeks. But to maintain that no matter what, that's a different conversation. To say, I'm going to work out four or five days a week or every day or whatever, period. That's a different conversation. Change your thought and keep it changed. I'm going to get up every morning and do my prayer work, my meditation, my visualizing, my studying, my affirming, all that every day. Reading my daily inspiration or daily word or science of mine magazine or all of them. Journaling or whatever. I'm going to get up an hour early to make sure I do all those things. I'm going to make sure I do my practices before I go to bed every day. Keep your thought and keep it changed. Keep it changed. It's easy for somebody to break a, a habit temporarily, but you have but to keep it changed is a different conversation. The only way you keep it changed is by by shifting the paradigm. You have to create a new default. That's the mental equivalent. I love this story that Jack Canfield talks about in the success principles when he talks about a gentleman who um was really health conscious and he and he only allowed himself one sweet a week, cake, pie, ice cream. It didn't make a difference what it was. And it, and when he was a senior citizen, friends and family gave him a surprise birthday party. And so he's at his birthday party, and he has this gigantic cake. And when it's time to cut the cake, what size cake do you want, sir? None. Wait a minute, this is your cake. This is your party. He's like, no, I've already had my sweet for this week. But this is your party. You can break the rule just once. No, I can't. Because I'm not restricting myself. Because some people think that that's restricting. Why are you withholding good that you could have in your own experience? It's not about that. It's about being in integrity with your own word. Now, I'm not saying you can't change your mind. That man could change his mind. You know what? On special occasions, I can also give myself a treat and didn't define what those special occasions are. The key point that I'm trying to drive home is discipline is not restrictive. Discipline allows your mind to focus on what it needs to focus on. Discipline allows you to be in integrity with yourself. Discipline is not restrictive. Discipline creates freedom because it gets you what you say you want. So once you get your mind on what you say you want, you have to have the discipline. And discipline is not strenuous. Discipline is consistency. Am I going to do it? And then am I going to do it again? And then am I going to do it again? And then am I going to do it again? And then am I going to do it again? And then am I going to do it again? And then am I going to do it again? It's consistency. It's not do it a few times and every once in a while or when I'm really upset or focused. You know, some people get really, really spiritual when they're in the midst of the storm. But when the storm is over, they revert back to old habits that create new storms. You know, they're prayer warriors in the midst of the storm. Then the storm is over. The prayer life goes away. The studying goes away. And the old mental habits kick right back in. Just a thought. So change your thought and keep it changed. He goes on to say on page 24, if you want to change some condition in your life, you must change your thought about it and keep it changed. Then the condition will change accordingly. All that anyone else can do for you is to help you change your thought. This is what a metaphysician can do for you, but you must keep it changed. No one else can think for you. So when you go to someone to do prayer work or treatment, as they would say in, in many new thought circles, hold me in consciousness, pray with me, speak the word for me. Only thing that that person is doing is helping you change your thought and aligning it I said the only thing that's happening. Let me rephrase that. What that person is doing is helping you change your thought 
and aligning it with the truth of who you are and through their own enlightened consciousness and spoken word, invoking that power into your experience. However, if you don't keep your thought changed, you can just go back to the old experience. That's why you have to stay changed. It's not just change it, stay changed. Change the thought and keep it changed. If you get free, don't go back and pick up the bondage. I really want that to land. If you're free, don't go back and pick up those old thoughts. Be mindful that no one can think for you. No one. He goes on to say, to change your thought and keep it changed is the way to build a new mental equivalent. It is the secret to accomplishments. It is a secret. Then he goes on to say, ooh, yet again, you already have a mental equivalent for everything that is in your life today. You must destroy the patterns for the things you do not want. And then they will disappear. So what he's saying, let me be very clear. If in areas that you feel as though don't work in your life, you must destroy the mental pattern, the mental equivalent, before there's any lasting change. You can get rid of the old significant other and pick up a new problem one. You can change jobs. You can change cities. You can change states. You can even change countries. And nothing will change. You'll draw like experiences in the new environment because the mental pattern that generates those experiences hasn't been addressed. You got to change your thought and keep it changed. (laughs) It's amazing when somebody brings us something, a teaching, a message that empowers and transforms us, how quickly we can get caught up in old nonsense. The Apostle Paul addressed this, and he was using it in the context of gospel of the of his, his brand of the gospel of Jesus, which I'm not trying to get into. But I just want to read this to you because it's amazing what he actually wrote. Because we're getting probably a fifty or fifty A.D. or C.E. Common Era account of how people can flip on that which has blessed them. He wrote in Galatians. Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. <laughs> he, he was he was like, you know, he, he was trying to address that you don't, if something is blessing you, it's been a blessing, this teaching is empowered to help you. Then why are you dropping it to go to get back in this old stuff again? He, that's why he says, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting. I'm astonished that you're so quickly. This is this is one of the things that we have to be mindful of. Studying material and not al- and not practicing it and not being consistent with it will not allow you to get the consistent results that you say you desire. And one of the great things about human interaction is you get to see demonstrations of people living and doing the things that you say you desire. Why is that important? It's important because it allows you the ability to say, if that person did it, I can do it. If that person did it, I can do it. In, we're going to take our second break after I read this. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 through 9, it reads, uh, 
finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence and there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Paul was trying to teach people to build a new mental equivalent. And then he made himself an example, he said, and he said, keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me and the God of peace will be with you. So I want you to write that down, read Philippians, but I actually want you to uh, start in verse seven. I don't want to read verse seven, read Philippians chapter four, verses seven, eight and nine and see how Paul is trying to teach people to create a new mental equivalent. So it's time for our second break. So I'll be right back with truth transforms. Someone once said there are two ways to get to the top of an oak tree. Climb the tree or plant an acorn and wait. If we expect changes to happen in our lives, we may want to consider climbing. Plus, changes needn't be monumental. Sometimes it's as easy as an attitude shift. Life is what we bring to it. Do you have a job that seems less than exciting? When you walk through the door, bring joy with you. Life looks better when viewed through a positive attitude. Are you facing a health challenge or surgery? Get rid of your fears by focusing instead on spirit working in and through you. When you remember that with God all things are possible, your outlook cannot help but change. Today, wherever you go, whatever you face, do so with joyous expectations. Release your inner splendor and allow the light and love of God to guide your way. This Mindful Moment is brought to you by Daily Word magazine. Finding time for the positive reminders in Daily Word is easy with the digital edition, perfect for smartphones and readers on the go. Give it a test run with our 30-day free trial offer. Learn more at unityonlineradio.org slash dailyword. notice that there might be something not quite right, but you just can't put your finger on it? We may describe it as an inner stirring, a restlessness, a yearning to find our way home to our heart and higher purpose. Some of us may feel like we are living on borrowed time, that despite our accomplishments, what was once so important to us now just feels empty and meaningless. If you find your heart longing, wanting, looking for a path home to authenticity and purpose, join us for transformation, inspiration, hope, and possibility. Move toward your higher calling. Listen to The Call of Spirit with Evelyn Foreman and tune in to Possibility every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central Time here on Unity Online Radio. been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. All right. Welcome back. Welcome back. So I'm jumping to page 27. And because he explains, he has the stories and stuff he explains. You can read that stuff on your own because I want to make sure that we cover what we want to cover or, or really what I want to cover. Page 27 reads, change your thought and keep it changed. Not for 10 seconds or even for 10 days, but steadily and permanently. Then you will build a new mental equivalent and a mental equivalent always is demonstrated. Now, I want that to be clear. A mental equivalent is always demonstrated. Reverend Coleman used to say, I am the thinker who thinks the thought that makes the thing. I am the thinker that thinks the thought 
that makes the thing. But the mental equivalent goes at a different level because he, the mental equivalent is saying that which you have clarity of thought, which you have conviction of feeling, and you have a sense of interest will, will demonstrate in your life. That's the pattern. That's the blueprint. I want you to consistently go back to the thought of this is my blueprint. This is my blueprint. This is my blueprint. Over and over again. So, uh, back to the book. Um, so he says the secret of harmony and success is to concentrate your thought upon harmony and success. This is why I teach that attention is the key to life. Attention is the key to life. What keeps your attention? What gets your interest? What fascinates you? It matters. It matters. Because it'll drive your thinking. It'll drive your feelings. It'll drive your words. And it'll drive your behavior. It'll definitely drive your behavior. What you do and what you won't do. Some people say they want certain things out of, lot, out of life, but their behavior doesn't match up with what they say they want. Because they might be interested in it, but they're far more interested in other things. If you're more interested about what you find on social media, Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, on YouTube, etc., what other people are doing, instead of doing something that you committed to doing, say, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to read this, I'm going to study this, or I'm going to finish this project, I'm going to complete this work, I'm going to return these emails, I'm going to make these sales calls. I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, things that you know will help you get your desired results. When you're not doing what you say you should be doing, that means that other things have your attention. And if they have your attention... They have your power because where your attention goes, the power flows. Where your attention goes, so he wrote what you attend to or concentrate on upon, you bring into your life because you are building a mental equivalent. So you want to learn how to change your thought and keep it changed. The first thing you have to recognize is shift your attention onto something else and, and keep pulling your attention back. How do you do that? You don't do it through just being willpower. You know, I'm a big believer in willpower. That being said, relaxed, Focus is really what I mean by willpower. He talks about it on page 28. He says, think of a camera. And a camera there is, of course, no question of pressure. There lies, there the secret lies in focus. If you want to photograph something, you focus your camera lens quietly, steadily, and persistently on the subject for the necessary length of time. Suppose I want to photograph a vase of flowers. What do I do? Well, I do not press it violently against the lens. Excuse me. I do not press it violently against the lens of the camera. In other words, you're not just, I'm, I'm dogging and determined. No, it's focused, but it's a relaxed focus. It's giving it your attention. He goes on to say, that would be silly. I place the vase in front of the camera and keep it there. But suppose that after a few moments I snatch away the vase and hold a book in front of the camera and then snatch that away and hold up a chair and then put the flowers back for a few moments and so forth. You know what will happen to my photograph. It will be a crazy blur. It's not that is not uh, excuse me. It's is that not what people do to their minds when they cannot concentrate their thoughts for any length of time? They think health for a few minutes, and then they think sickness or fear. They think prosperity, and then they think depression. They think about bodily perfection, and then they think about old age and their pains and aches. Is it any wonder that we're apt to demonstrate the marred image? So he's saying, if your mind is all over the place, your life will be all over the place. If you're jumping from one thing to another mentally, your life will jump from one thing to another. If you, if, if, 
when you see folks who aren't keeping their attention on one thing, that means that their minds are just jumping from image to 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 image. This is why meditation, concentration, and focus is necessary. This is why I wanted to, I'm a big believer in meditative practices that make you focus on, on one thing. I can remember years ago, years, years ago, uh, 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 Kung Fu teacher would say Sifu or Shifu in, in, um, in the Chinese culture. He, he was trying to teach uh, a fellow student and me how to focus on one point, one point. The idea was you focus on one point, so your mind has to know where you're projecting your energy with the punch or kick. So he would have us stand in front of a tall candle stand. He would put a large candle on with the light, the lit candle. The candle is flickering. And we would have to stand maybe, you know, two to two feet away, two feet away with an extended hand or fist. And we would have to just throw energy from the punch to the candle or open hand techniques, you know, what people would call chops and stuff like that. But here's what was crazy about it. He could focus his energy to the place to where when he threw the punch, his energy, the force, the snap, the the physics that he created through the twist and the turn of his body, could blow the candle out. The open-air chop, he would cut the wind, per se, cut the air, rather, and create enough pressure, wind pressure, to blow the candle out. And and this makes me think about it from that standpoint. Don't think about everything else. There's other stuff that's happening around. There's other people that are doing other things. Your job is to throw a punch that or 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 a hand technique that can blow that candle out. And when you're seeking to demonstrate some particular good, I'm going to focus on the life of God. I'm going to affirm and I'm going to meditate. I'm going to put my attention and energy on these different parts of my body, and I'm going to bless it. I'm going to see it whole and well. And what does it do? It activates the power. Now, you can't do it one day, one moment, and you're thinking about something else in another moment, and something else in another moment, and something else in another moment, and something else in another moment. You got to keep the main thing, the main thing in your mind. You got to maintain the focus. You can't jump from one thing to another, to another, to another, to another, to another, because you'll get a blurred vision. So that doesn't allow you to have clarity of thought. That's why you can't have a mental equivalent because your mind is all over the place. And one of the challenges that technology has brought to us along with its manifold blessings is all of the alerts, emails, texts, inboxes, Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, and alerts and alarms and this, that, and other is it's always pulling our attention. So my mind is on one thing. Oh, I got a text. And then you go back and like, what was I thinking about before that text came in? And this is why at after a certain time, like at night, I put my phone on do not disturb because my phone will just be going text, emails, this, that, and other, you know. It just, you know, I you after a while you gotta shut it down. In the morning while you're doing your prayer work, put your phone on do not disturb. Now if you have relatives like children family that needs to contact you when they need to contact you great but they should know at this time i'm doing my work because i'm trying to keep my mind focused that's one of the beautiful things about getting up in the morning and just praying this is one of the reasons why i like to go to the gym when i work out because i'm there to work out i have gym clothes on i'm you know just you know i have my gym shoes on i'm around people who are working out i'm not up there to play i'm not up there to talk i'm not up there to, to do other things that can distract you oh shoot i need to vacuum i need to wash some clothes no i don't need to stop and do anything i need to stay on this treadmill till i'm up till i'm done and that's how you have to be about demonstrating your good can you keep your mind on what it is you say you want for any extended period of time and then do that every day? How long until 
You demonstrate the good you desire. I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. The bigger the goal, the more concentrated effort is needed, more focus. So if you got big goals, you got to get on your mind and get it right. Because you have to build a large mental equivalent that can handle what you say you desire. So we've run out of time. And I want to make sure that I tell you yet again to have a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, Enjoy yourself. Enjoy the food. Enjoy your loved ones. If you're in an experience where right now that's not your current experience, uh, go and create something intentional that brings about a sense of good feeling. Don't allow Thanksgiving to be a space to where you are depressed or upset or frustrated. If you have to go and treat yourself to some place to eat, even if it's a uh, a pancake house, uh, sit down, order your favorite meal from that place, read something that you want to read or watch, uh, call the people you want to call, lift or listen to something that will lift you up, but stay in this consciousness of Thanksgiving because whatever you praise, you raise. That's building a mental equivalent. God bless you. You take care. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. What if you were intentional about your life, committed to having more energy, and being more vibrant. Join Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, as she guides you on a journey to an intentional and energetic life. Empower your life and fully express the wondrous energy, love, and joy you hold in your wildest imagining. Joyfully and actively know that more important than what happens after you die is the deeper and enriching concern for what happens while you're living. How can you experience an incredible life right now? Learn how each week on The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central Time, right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Philosopher Plato said, The unexamined life is not worth living. In a world where it is paramount that we earn a living and provide for those who depend upon us, there seems to be little or no time for self-evaluation. Survival receives all our attention. Yet, when you pause and take a look at the little things in your daily experience, a richer you will be discovered. In knowing yourself, you develop a better understanding of others. In unity, we support the spiritual idea of knowing thyself. It's how we can all bring a healing, compassionate attitude to an ever-changing world. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. Spirit of Recovery is the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing. 
only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts. 